Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by the son of York. That's the famous opening line to Shakespeare's Richard III. In some ways, that line sums up the whole play. It sets the central theme and tone of Richard III. Midway on the journey of our life, I woke to find myself alone and lost in a dark wood, having wandered from the straight path. That's the opening line to Dante's great divine comedy. In some ways, it's like the overture to an opera. It sets the theme and the tone of the entire mighty poem. All men by nature desire to know. That's the opening line of Aristotle's metaphysics, maybe his greatest work. And that whole work is now drawing out the implications of that opening statement. Friends, whenever we're dealing with great works of art, great literary works of art, opening lines matter. Very often the author wants to pack into the opening line everything he wants to say. It's the foreshadowing, the adumbration of everything he wants to say in the course of the work. Well, in our gospel for today, we're dealing with the opening line of the first gospel. Written by this theological literary genius we know as Mark. We know very little else about him. Some speculate he was a Jew who had accompanied Peter from Palestine to Rome and was working as a kind of secretary. There's an awful lot of Peter's words and ministry in Mark's gospel, and perhaps he was learning from the great apostle. We don't know for sure. Some speculate it was written in Rome. Probably around the year 70 AD, it's the first of the gospels. But listen now to his opening line. It's the opening line of our gospel for today. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, I would bet most of us reading the Gospel of Mark, we, we pick it up, we kind of run past that line. We'd say, well, yeah, okay, the beginning of the Gospel. Sure, that's rather obvious. Let's get to the good stuff. But that line, like the ones I quoted earlier, that line, I think, is very important because in some ways the whole of the Gospel of Mark is contained in it. Let's take it word for word. The beginning, Mark's Greek word here is arche, arche. That word is a loaded word. Because the first word of the Hebrew scriptures, Bereshith, in the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, Genesis, creation, order, starting anew. 
Mark's telling us something here by commencing his great gospel with the word arche, beginning. He's saying, this too, the story I'm going to tell, is a new creation story. The story I'm going to tell calls to mind Genesis. It calls to mind the way God drew order out of primal chaos. About 20 years later, St. John wrote his gospel. And he begins it this way. NRK and Hologos. In the beginning was the Word. He's playing the same game, invoking the same scriptural beginning in Genesis. Jesus Christ is the new creation, the new order. It's the beginning of what now? It's the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word used by Mark here is euangelion in his Greek. Eu means good, angelion, message or tidings. Now we see the word gospel, euangelion, we think evangelistic, evangelist, we think right away religion. Well, put yourself back in the year 70, and you're picking up this document and it speaks of a euangelion. It speaks of good tidings. They wouldn't have thought immediately about religion. For someone of Mark's time, someone speaking Greek and seeing the word euangelion, you know what he would have thought of? A military victory. Scholars tell us that word was used for the glad tidings of a military victory. The army has won. And I've got good tidings for you about it. Huh. Interesting, isn't it? Is Mark telling us a story about a military victory? Uh Uh-huh. He is. Mind you, a military victory over the power of Rome. The greatest power of the time. The only superpower of the time. The great Roman Empire. Which put... Jesus of Nazareth to death on a cross. And that was a great Roman instrument of terror and control. You oppose the ways of Rome, that's what happens to you. But then, what a story. What a strange story. That this one, put to death by the power of Rome, was raised from the dead through the power of God. God in Christ has won a great victory over the greatest military power in the world. Huh. And that's why Mark is saying, I've got euangelion for you. I've got a glad tidings of victory for you. New creation, yes, arche in the beginning, and now euangelion, a military victory. More to it. The scholars tell us the word euangelion was often associated with the emperor. Now, by Mark's time, by the, toward the end of the first century, the Roman emperor had become a divine figure. Perhaps it was Julius Caesar was the first one to deify himself, but then his successors got quite used to that custom. Augustus Caesar is called Divus Augustus, the divine Augustus. The birth of the emperor was 
announced with a euangelion, glad tidings. The actions of the emperor, the laws of the emperor, the decrees of the emperor were also announced with euangelion, good news. Huh. You see the very provocative game that St. Mark is playing. I've got euangelion for you, but it ain't about Caesar. It ain't about the Roman emperor. It ain't about one of these worldly rulers. This is provocative. It's very close here to St. Paul when he speaks of Jesus Curios in his letters. Jesus the Lord. Hell, Curios. Curios the Lord. That was used of Caesar. That was one of the emperor's titles. He was the Curios, the Lord. No, says Paul, I'm telling you there's one Lord. Jesus. Mark is playing a very similar game here in using euangelion, glad tidings. Remember, I think I've told you before, in Luke's gospel, in Luke's account of Christmas, we find something similar. It says, an angel appears, and he announces good news. Same word, he announces the good news of the coming of the Messiah, and then it says, with him stood a whole stratia of angels. That means a whole army of angels. Yes, a military victory is being proclaimed. There's a greater power in the world than the power of Caesar. Mark 2 is making a very similar point. And then, how strange this must have sounded to people at the end of the first century. The beginning of the good news... About whom? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christos in Mark's Greek. Jesus Christos is a Greekified version of Yeshua Mashiach. Yeshua, the Anointed One. Who? Who's this about? We take it for granted. Well, sure, it's the gospel. It's about Jesus Christ. But now imagine somebody in the first century. Hey, I've got news of a military victory for you. I've got news that is going to trump news about the emperor. And you know who it's about? It's about Yehoshua. Who? Who? It's about this Jesus who lived in Palestine, who was put to death by the Roman power. Huh. And he's the one you're going to tell me about? Yes. Yes. It's going to turn everything upside down. It upsets everyone's expectations. It's what nobody was looking for in the Roman world. Good news about this Jewish prophet? Yes. Marx can tell us now the very surprising story of this Yeshua Mashiach Jesus Christos, Jesus Christ. Then one last thing, just in case we miss the point. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The Son of God. The witos tuteu in his Greek. Who is called Son of God? The Emperor. That was the Emperor's title. Like Kyrios. The one you said euangelion about, the one he had good tidings about. He too was called the Son of God. Huh. I'm proposing the true Son of God to you, says Mark. And it's not Caesar. 
It's not any worldly power. It's this Jesus. Christians, can you see, just in light of this opening line of the first gospel, can you see why the first Christians were, for centuries, persecuted? The Romans didn't miss this message. The world didn't misunderstand this implication. They saw how deeply challenging this was. And that's why they pursued the first Christians. That's why they threw them to the lions. That's why they imprisoned them and persecuted them and hunted them down. They knew a new power was being announced. We, too, 2,000 years later, galvanized by these words, galvanized by this gospel, we, too, announce this true power to the world. We, too, use the gospel to challenge all those false claimants to our ultimate allegiance. We, too, shout down those who dare to say, we are the most powerful forces. You must submit to us. No, 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 no. We are those who have believed this euangelion, this good news about a military victory won by this new curios, this new leader, this new Lord who is Jesus, the crucified criminal. He's the Son of God. He's the center of our lives. He's the one power that finally matters. Spend some time today with this very opening line of the Gospel of Mark. When read carefully, I think we see that the whole of the Gospel of Mark is contained within it. The whole subversive power of this message. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.